Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast. I'm Stetson. And I'm Gabe. In this episode, we're going to be talking about some quick life updates, discussing quick news, and diving into NAB, the best technology and new gadgets we saw at the conference, and what to get excited about for 2019. Yeah. Uh, welcome back. It's It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, apologies to our loyal listeners. Uh, We've been if, missing you. If, if, you, if you exist, um, we, we, we know miss you're out you. there. Yeah. And you hopefully missed us. Uh, we haven't just been slacking off. Uh, well, we, maybe we have been. We've, we've been thinking about the podcast a lot, and we've been missing the episodes. We've wanted to get back into it. Uh, yeah. Gabe, you care to share kind of what's been going on? Well, I decided that, you know, my life wasn't interesting enough. Uh, so I went out and playing basketball <laughs> one day, I decided that I should uh, sprain and dislocate my right ankle and, or no, break and dislocate my right ankle and sprain my left ankle just for fun, uh, you know. And my product review, my review of that so far has been maybe like two stars would be, that's, that's, that's being generous out of 10. Do you feel like your life got a little bit more exciting? Like, did things start happening? Oh, I I mean, well, things stopped happening, but then also (laughs) things started happening at the same time. Uh, Yeah, it's been a long process. Uh, I mean, I'm seven or six, six weeks from, from ago I did this and I'm still uh, not able to put weight on my right foot. Oh. Um, I spend tough. most of my day laying down with it elevated so that it doesn't swell. And yeah, it's it's going to be a long path. Still probably got like six more weeks to go until I can really fully recover and, you know, be walking normally again. But it's been it's been it's been fun. Uh, so now we're recording this. I'm actually back at my parents' house in New Hampshire uh, and you're back uh, at college. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I'm at college. In, I'm the, in, my in, the, in the throes room. of it. You're right in that final. Oh, yeah. I've got. Three weeks of classes, yeah. one week of finals, and then I'm done. So it's really it. like as my life got super boring, your life got e- like more st- too much stuff happening all the, at once. It's crunch time. It's crunch yeah. time. I'm juggling like three different group projects. Well, it, was, it was crunch time for my ankle about six weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all crunching over here. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's basically what's been going on with the podcast. And, yeah. and apologies um, for if this sounds less than standard uh we're recording right now we're both on facetime and we both have our own recording setup i'm on a tascam dr40 little like handheld recorder and stetson's stetson's actually the closest to normal i guess i'm yeah i'm using our uh rode nt1 plugged into my zoom h5 so hopefully my audio sounds pristine and we'll max it up. We'll match these up, and it'll just be a flavorful audio experience. Yeah, it's all. about the content, though. You know, we always say just record with what you have, and you know, work towards getting a better setup later. And so that's so we're, we're both we're both wearing two different pairs of headphones so that we can hear each other from the FaceTime on our laptops while also somewhat monitoring our audio recording. And yeah, we're we're practicing what we preach: uh, make do with what you have and make the best of it. So, Gabe, you want to dive into quick news? It's been a while. I feel like so oh, much wow. has happened. Uh, I gotta hold on. Let me just stretch a little bit to get. Oh, into where do we even news. start right now? Right. This is gonna be very uh, like not a deep dive into anything, and, and we're skipping tons of stuff because it's been yeah, like six weeks, seven weeks since we actually recorded an episode, and there's been a lot that's happened. Basically, all quick news, quick news, quick news, quick news is gonna focus on is Apple. Because if you don't know, Apple has been pretty busy this past March and a little bit into April. 
what was the first thing they did, Stetson? Uh, so Apple started off by quietly, and I say quietly, but it still made headlines, but they quietly re-announced some of their old products. So they updated them. We're yeah. looking at updates to the iPad Air and iPad Mini. They also refreshed their iMac lineup, and they introduced the AirPod 2s. Yeah, that was like that was a funny week for Apple. It was like, what are they going to do next? You know, yeah. it was like everything was happening, but nothing was really like any big thing. No big announcement. They had no Apple keynote event for any of this stuff. It was just, all right, here's a bunch of new hardware. And it was really up to the tech community, tech bloggers to pick up on these announcements and um, really write about it and share it with everyone. And what didn't we see then, though, notably? Uh, we did not see... It's not on, I didn't put it on the thing, but some big thing fell through. Air power. <laughs> yep, yeah. Consistently, what we've been talking about, they actually officially, Apple has officially discontinued air power. It is, yeah, it's dead. It's gone. RIP, air power, uh, October 2017 to, March. actually not even, it wasn't even born. I'm pretty sure, like, it wasn't, it was conceived and then, oh gosh, we just went really dark. Oh no. Started making a, like a, yeah, a, abortion oh, no. or, or they, like they thought of the idea and then it, yeah, was, it was yeah it was aborted that's all it was, it was they had they, to force they had to they force pulled quit out one yeah oh yeah there we go force quit boom it was it was force quit <laughs> yep um basically what was happening is the design apple wanted to go for is the idea where you could take your device your iphone your new wireless airpods and your apple watch set them down anywhere on this charging pad and have them immediately begin charging. And what was happening is to achieve this flexibility in where you could place your devices, they needed to use a 32-coil wireless charging system. And this pad was heating up hotter than a toaster oven. It could fry your eggs. They were having well, a lot of heat they issues. Just, honestly, they should have just added that as additional functionality, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. It's a cooking pad now. Not only can you charge your iPhone, but plop an egg on there too. Yeah, so so get you charge it overnight, and yeah. by the morning it's so hot you can just yeah. crack your egg, fry yeah. it right on there, Ready then you have breakfast. Go. Yeah, boom. I mean, Apple, bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> I I was sad to see it go. Um, Gabe, what what are some of the best air power alternatives right now? Like, I know a lot of people were waiting for that. It's not here. What would you recommend instead? Probably, I mean, the the biggest one is the Samsung uh, wireless charger. There's also a Pixel stand out there too. Uh, that I know one's actually you, pretty cool. You like the the Peel wireless yeah, charger? Yeah, I use Peel. I really like it because there's no lights or any kind of weird illumination. It's just a beautiful matte black little puck. Rest yeah. my phone on it. It's perfect. I really like it. And if you're looking for something a little greener and environmentally friendly, there's that brand Nimble I think we've mentioned before. It's not the best one, I don't think, but it at least, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're a little environmentally conscious, it... There are a lot of good options out there. Yeah, and they all work. Um, Apple did go with the Qi wireless charging standard, so there are a huge number of options. Yes, yeah, indeed. And the big thing is the new AirPods 2 have a wireless charging case, possibly, if you purchase that option. Let's let's talk about that. So what do we have new with the AirPod 2s? Um, First of all, they're a whole new generation of AirPods. And what they did is they introduced hands-free Hey Siri, they enabled two times faster switching between devices, one times faster connection for phone calls, 30% less latency, 
and they're just overall providing a better experience um, for users. And they come in at the same price, $159. Yeah, and that, and then $40 extra if you go with the wireless charging case. That'll, that'll Which bring per- the total up personally, to Personally, I'm, I'm not that convinced on the wireless charging case. It's like, for $40 extra, do I really need it? I mean, it's so easy to just plug it into your lightning cable. Like, I guess. I mean, if you're charging it every day, the convenience factor... I yeah. think Apple Apple knows their audience, and these are people who have already shelled out a thousand dollars on their phones. True. They're probably going to have the extra forty bucks for that wireless charging convenience. I would be more inclined if they had released Air Power, you know, and you could do the thing where if your phone's charging and you set your buds down, you then see on your phone how charged up uh, your uh, AirPods are. Yeah. Will Will we ever see a wireless charging mat from Apple? I think possibly, but I think they had to kill this so that they could do that because they need to get rid of this idea from people's heads so that they get really something maybe a little more like normal and like, yeah, lower the expectations. I think, yeah, they definitely need to come out with their own wireless charging mat because I think the animations and integrations that they're going to be able to provide are going to be really cool uh, software wise. Hopefully, yeah. And Apple also it's technically not Apple, but they... Um, released the Powerbeats Pro True Wireless headphones a little bit later. Actually, I think it was in April, the first week of April. Uh, those aren't actually available yet, but those will go for around two hundred fifty dollars. And if you know what the Powerbeats look like, they're those over ear. They're in their earbuds, but they have the wraparound design, so they're more for fitness and working out, and they stay secure. Uh, and it's they look pretty cool. Like if look them up on the website, uh, the colors look super nice, and they actually work differently than the AirPods because they actually both headphones connect to your uh, device. Wow, so it's not like transmitting from one earbud to another. It's actually both are getting audio from the device. And also they have a nine-hour battery life. That's that's substantially more. That's the longest one for any true wireless headphone, actually. Very impressive. Yeah, the the next longest is the Samsung Buds at six hours. Yeah, so I've been trying those out too, and I think they're all right. Yeah, but for two fifty, I don't know if the Power Beats Pro it's steep. True Wireless. I, yeah. I personally love over the ear headphones, and yeah. you know, really, when you hit that two hundred fifty dollars price point, the convenience of the True Wireless does not equal the true audio quality you get yeah. from the headphones. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty so. much yeah. Um, and then the last piece of news, which isn't hardware news from Apple, uh, is their big keynote thing. Yeah, so so what did they say? They dumped all this hardware one week, and the next week they basically had their software, excuse me, their service announcement. Yeah. What are the services? What new tools and utilities can we expect to see from Apple? Uh, the first one was the Apple News Plus. They revamped Apple News, which most people have on their iPhone or Mac or iPad, but they also announced that they're going to be adding, well, I think they actually, it's out now, uh, is Apple News Plus, which allows users to subscribe for $9.99 uh, to magazine. I think it's to all the magazines, right? It's it's many, if not all of the magazines. Like well, they not, have a, Okay, not all of the magazines, they, but they it's have all a the very ones that they include. Selection, yeah. So, so it's one price. You get access to all these really nice magazines that you've seen on the shelves at checkouts or in supermarkets, or you might be subscribed to already. Uh, and then you can read them on your phone, on your Mac, on your iPad. And if you have a family, well, everyone has a family, uh, if you if you want to have a family sharing plan, you can get up to six people sharing that access. 
and it stays at $9.99 a month for the family, which is really cool to see. And many of these magazines are honestly, they're like the clickbait, they're the printed version of clickbait. Like they're they're the magazines you really want to read that article in, you see it at checkout and you just don't want to buy and you don't want to subscribe. I think Apple mentioned in their keynote, it was like $800 if you were to subscribe to all of these magazines. Yeah, I mean, there are there are good ones. There's like, I think like Nat Geo is in it, um, Sports Illustrated, you know, there's some big, ma- I think GQ, like, yeah, big magazines. Um, uh, but notably, they didn't get the New York Times and a couple other big ones to join in because obviously those uh, magazines or publications are taking a huge cut in what revenue they get from their subscribers. Absolutely. And I've heard too that some magazines will actually have a more limited selection on Apple News Plus. Oh, interesting. So it won't be their entire collection, but it will be um, uh, many of their articles that are available. Yeah. Uh, and then what was the next thing they got to? Because there was a bunch of things in this keynote. I think Apple Arcade is somewhat similar, and, and we could quickly talk about that. This yeah. is basically the idea where I think it's it's coming from the parents at Apple. And they're like, all right, my kids love playing iPhone games, but I don't like buying new apps like every couple of weeks for them. And the idea well, it's here, not not only the new apps, but the in-app purchases. Yeah, right. Like Candy Crush, having to buy those extra levels or yeah. getting those extra Fortnite. rewards and stuff. And I think the gaming community is really creating these apps that are designed with a freemium model where the game is free, but then you can kind of like pay to win or pay to get additional in-app features that don't offer a lot of tangible value, but you know, for a, a player, they can be really nice to have. Yeah, and and so with Apple Arcade, Apple's making it all right. You can developers can have the freedom to build the premium game they want, and players will be able to play pay a monthly subscription service to get access to all of the games included in Apple Arcade. It'll sync across your iPhone, your iPad, and your Mac. And this will be a great way for developers, again, to make the premium games they want to and to basically give a wider audience the option to try out and play these games at a more affordable monthly price. Yeah, because I think, yeah, well, it's going to be $4.99 a month, speaking of price. Um, really? Do you see that? Yeah, yeah, $4.99 a month, and it's going to come out uh, in October, they say. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a cool thing because I remember back when I first got an iPod Touch, Games were a lot better. You know, you, you paid, maybe you paid $7 for a game, but then you had the game and there was no more, you know, paying in the game. Yeah, there were some really quality games. I remember them demonstrating Infinity Blade at their keynotes. World of Goo was something I really enjoyed playing. And these are just some really quality games, but you did have to pay for them. And I think for a lot of people, they're just, it's like a weird purchase. Like they're so willing to spend money on coffee and then suddenly it comes to an app and you spend like so many hours hemming and hawing over whether or not to try and get this game. There was really no way to try it before you buy it. You had to commit to it. I think this well, they really- used to, they used to, I remember Gameloft used to release like a light version of the game that would include like two levels. Um, and you could do that and then you'd be like, all right, I can go for the full. And that was, I think that's the way to go personally, because I like that, you know, I can try it out. All right, now I want to buy it. Um, but now they do all freemium. And so I think this is kind of going back a little bit to the old ways where it's like, here, you pay this monthly fee and you can get access to these games that are built like they used to be where it was like, you, you know, no longer figuring out, all right, how do we get people to pay the most money once they download this game? 
but actually like how do we create an enjoyable product uh, that people will yeah keep coming back to. I agree. I think I think it's going to be a really cool service for enthusiastic gamers, and a lot of people actually do game on their phones. Oh uh, yeah. What What do you think we're going to see with the Mac? The Mac, I don't know exactly what we're going to see as far as games coming to it. Um, I'm not a big computer gamer myself. I know you do a little more than me, probably. Yeah, I, I guess it's interesting because it sounded like, to me, with Apple Arcade, the games would be cross-platform, like they work on all your Apple devices. And I guess I could foresee this as iPhone games coming to Mac this fall. Hmm. Yeah, that would be interesting and seeing some uh, cross like multiplayer support. Yeah, I think that could be really cool and really fun. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then Apple moved on to the thing that actually did include somewhat some hardware release, which was Apple Card. This this was my favorite product. This now, is my this favorite product. Is not a new chip or new card that they're putting in their you know in their Macs or whatever. This is actually Apple saying, you know what, Apple Pay was cool, but we think we can do one up it all and do it better than all the credit card companies out there. We're going to release our own credit card. Yeah, they basically took all of their bundled frustrations of credit cards, the fees they have, the um, the lack of security, the interest you have to pay, and they were like, "We're going to fix credit cards for good," and that is the driving force behind Apple Card. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit torn on it now. I'll. Right off the bat, I'll admit I want one. Okay. Oh, I'm getting one. Hundred percent. I'm I'm already getting one. Like, it's it's it looks so cool. I mean, but the on the other end, the way I see it, Apple essentially, as much as they say this is trying to make your life easier, there there's no denying that they're getting into an industry that profits off of uh, people's like worst habits and the worst side of like people's behaviors. You know, compulsive spending, bad money management, stuff like that. I can definitely see that. I think they're doing it in a more ethical way, though, because I do feel like their platform is more informative and empowering to users than I think other platforms are. Like being able to see at the end of the month when you're ready to pay your bills, how much you need to pay in order to have 0% interest. Or if you do have to pay interest, what that interest is going to be. And I think they're really emphasizing their transparency they're also advertising no fees, so there's going to be no like weird transaction fees or anything like that. It's really, um, it's really going to be based around interest, and again, you can see how much you need to pay to get zero percent interest. Um, and there's yeah. no there's no arbitrary point system for rewards. Like you just get Apple's calling it daily cash. Every day you get cash back on your purchases. Simple as that. Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely, there's some good things they're doing. It just seems very, well, they, they've always, Apple products have always been a status symbol. Uh, and this is by far the biggest status symbol of them oh, all. Oh, 100%. And have you, have you seen the card? Yeah, that's, well, that's what I'm talking about. The card oh, itself. It looks sick. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's just, it's, it seems very like, you know, you pull it out at a dinner, you're flashing a status symbol that's more than like an iPad or something. Uh and it's not really, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm a little torn. We'll see how it actually gets implemented and what actually happens. But it, it feels like Apple has crossed into a new territory, uh, partially going after making a lot of money because it's a very lucrative area. Uh, 
but partially maybe they're actually doing it for some good reasons. We will definitely see. I love it. And for those of you who are less familiar with a physical card, it is titanium. You'll have your name laser etched into it. Uh, There's no card number or CVV on the card. Everything is just stored in the wallet app. So, and there's no expiration date. So you can keep this card forever. It's the most Apple thing ever because it's, I mean, there's this parody online. I think College Humor, someone released it like eight years ago about them releasing this like block of like aluminum called like the apple orb or something i don't know and they're like it's chromey it's smooth look at the finite and it's like they basically just all the buzzwords that apple reuses over and over after every hardware keynote uh and that's kind of what they did with this they simplified it they streamlined it you know privacy is a big thing you know uh that you know ah it's just and they also did it with their typical apple flair so yeah a hundred percent um what do, you, what do you think of the rewards of the card? Like, is this something you're interested in? It's, I mean, it's not, it's kind of competitive. Like, I think it was, it's 3% at Apple stores, right? Uh, 2% if you use Apple Pay and 1% overall. It's simple, but it's also kind of low, uh, especially like if you're, I do a lot of like the rotating category cards um, where you use a credit, you know, they offer 5% back on grocery stores or 5% back on X, X category for this period, uh, quarter. You can do a lot more with that if you have like two or three of those cards and get a lot more rewards. But at the same time, if you're not really wanting to put in the time to like get a bunch of credit cards, pay attention to all that, sign up for all that, which they, they definitely make you jump through a lot of hoops, all those credit card companies, then Apple has, I guess, in a sense, simplified uh, that process. Yeah. And, you know, 2% cash back every time you use Apple Pay is pretty good. I think I use Apple Pay for almost 90% of my purchases. Yeah, there's no denying that Apple Pay is really awesome. I'll I'll give like that's true. Uh, if I was the credit card companies, I'd kind of feel stabbed in the back though, because Apple relied on them to set up Apple Pay, and now they're like, "Well, look at this. We have our <laughs> own card too." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll yeah, it'll so, be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, and the final thing they got to, which was the thing that was kind of like the big thing everyone knew they were going to announce going in, uh, was the Apple TV Plus. Yeah, Gabe, tell us tell us about Apple TV Plus. What are users expecting to see from this? Is this the new Netflix? Like what what's going to happen? No. That's all I'm just going to say. No. Just uh, no. It's not the new Netflix. Uh Apple is investing heavily, heavily, heavily into uh their original content for this. They paraded out the likes of Oprah Winfrey, um who else? Uh Sesame Street, like Big Bird. Um, they had uh, Steven Spielberg, J.J. Um, Abrams, Sarah Bareilles, like huge celebrities. Um, Jennifer Aniston, like what the heck are they doing at this keynote? People were like freaking out. Like this is something you don't usually see with Apple. Uh, but basically, yeah, they have a ton of cash sitting around uh, and they're throwing it at these huge creators um, to... Yeah, create content for the platform so that people want to uh, sign up for it. I think that's what you have to do uh, in the age of subscription services. I think you see this with Amazon, with Netflix, and now with Apple. The real driving factor is the exclusive content. Like, I think that's going to be why people sign up for these services. And you can kind of see it with gaming too. Like, The reason people get an Xbox or they get a PlayStation is sometimes the exclusive titles. And I think that will be a you know driving factor and driving force in this video subscription service uh, model that we're starting to see. Yeah, 
Um, though at least I think for the time being, it's not launching till when? At the fall as well? Yeah, I, mean? I think th these felt like early announcements to me. I yeah. I really would have liked to have seen the actual services sooner. Yeah, it was kind of annoying, like literally almost six months before uh, that they're going to be usable. But I do think that uh, this, at least for the time being, when they launch it, it's not going to be a, a subscription that you could like, if you were going out, I need one TV subscription, this wouldn't be it. You'd still have to probably do Hulu or uh, Netflix. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So of these services and features Apple announced, which ones, what are you getting? And even the hardware too, like, are you, are you getting the iPad mini? Like what's happening? I actually have the iPad mini. Oh, whoa, uh, you got, got it. it. Yeah. I haven't opened it up because I want to try to unbox it and film it, but my injury is not the, not conducive to filming mm. so much. So I might get to it eventually in the next week, hopefully, because it, it does look really cool, obviously. Uh, but I think the, I think the best one I actually, honestly, is Apple Arcade that because it was kind of also because it was a surprise we knew they were doing the apple news we knew uh, we knew they were doing the apple news plus we knew they were doing the apple tv plus but the apple arcade was like oh snap yeah something fun and exciting yeah. i think i'm most excited for the apple card because i know i'll be using that and um I, I think it's exciting for me apple news i could kind of see my parents using because i know we have a few magazine subscriptions yeah. Um, but I think for people who enjoy the physical copies, like there's something really nice about reading print as opposed to staring at a screen when you're reading news. So we'll kind of see how that evolves. And I guess one, you know, we got to get our daily mention or our, our podcast mention in for the new iPad Air. I would suggest reviewers are liking it, but I would suggest considering a gently used iPad Pro from Swappa. Oh, gosh. There we go. Cha-ching. Money in the bank for Stetson. Um, uh, again, Swappa, feel free to reach out and sponsor us. Yeah, but um, yeah, right. I was seeing the iPad Pro 10.5 inch going for 400 to 500 dollars for the 256 gigabyte model, and I really think you're going to get extremely comparable performance features and experience using that versus the new iPad Air. Something to consider. Something to consider. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's yeah. If you don't need the, all the newest thing, always looking on Swappa or even just looking. I know B&H, as we speak, has a sale on the iPad Pro 12.9 from 2017 uh, for, I think, starting at 650 for the 256 gigabyte. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty it's usually, good. It usually goes for nine uh, 950 so $300 off. And the new 12.9 goes for 1150 So, yeah. yeah. Pretty good, good discount. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's all for quick news. I mean, a bunch of other stuff happened. We had uh, Google time. Stadia. They announced a new gaming platform. I yeah. think it's going to disrupt computer gaming. And the whole gaming industry, I think, is basically up if, in the air If they point. can get the latency down, that's that's the key. That is the big thing. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar, Google Stadia is where you are essentially streaming a game from a computer in Google servers to any one of your devices through a Chrome browser, basically. And by any one of your devices, they literally mean... Any one of your devices, phone, tablet, computer, even a Google Chromecast-like thing. This is amazing. Yeah. So um, that was cool for sure. Uh, they also, Huawei released the H30 Honor, I think it's called, or Honor 30. 
I don't know. Anyways, new phone from Huawei. It doesn't really matter because we can't really get them in the U.S. anyways, but this phone offers 40 megapixels on the back, 32 on the front, and I think has an ISO up to around 200,000, which is equivalent to like the A7S II, which, as you know, is a very good low-light camera. So, yeah, that phone blows the Samsung uh, S10 out of the water. Is it is it a phone or is it a camera? I think it's a camera phone at that point. It's a it's a camera with a phone built into it. Yeah, basically, essentially, that's what they're getting to. Uh, and was there anything else? I don't know. Tesla had some news, I think, in there. Uh, the big thing I'm seeing from Tesla right now is they are now no longer offering the $35,000 Model 3 on their website. In order to order this car, you do need to call in or go to a physical store location. Yeah, they've kind of been all over the map on their announcements the past like six weeks. They shut down all their dealerships. Then they said, actually, no, we're going to reopen some of them. Uh, you know, they slashed the prices on some things and they actually said, oh, no, sorry about that. We're going to raise them back up. So they're trying to figure some stuff out. Uh, yeah, it comes with a new company, I think, like them. And yeah, I think the biggest thing is they're trying to streamline their manufacturing processes to make them as efficient as possible. I think that's really one of the bottlenecks in their system and the fewer options they can have the more efficiently they can produce the cars they are they are producing and what's really cool to me is you can still get the $35,000 Model 3 but it's actually not the $35,000 Model 3 it's the I think it's the long range one or the mid-range one it's like the model up and Tesla is just literally using software to limit features like heated seats and uh, I think some of the other features you would expect from the higher end models, which means you could pay to upgrade in the future. Yeah, I mean, I get why they're doing it, because like, I guess the sense is that it makes it makes uh, it costs less to actually put all those features in manually, but then, you know, software downgrade them. Uh, but it just kind of seems really silly to like be like, oh, I'm paying, you know, thirty five thousand and my car can do all that stuff, but actually it can't. You know, I think it's actually better because that gives people the option to upgrade in the future. Like if you don't want to pay up front for all of those things, then you get the option. I guess to upgrade. true. And for Tesla, it means they have to make one less model, like one less version. Like they can really focus all their efforts on this one kind of car. And, um, you know, I, I think it it'll hopefully work out for them. I know their stock has been, of course, all over the place. Um, yeah. yeah. Should we give a shout out to SpaceX? Uh, about about what they just landed their dual rockets at the same oh, time. Yeah. Do you see that? I did not actually watch that. It but. was is the coolest gif ever. You just have these two rockets. It's like synchronous divers, and they just come down and just land beautifully on the platforms. Wow. It was really cool to see. It's I mean that's pretty amazing. Uh, they can do stuff like that. So yeah, hats off to them. But that's enough of quick news. Um, that was about 20 minutes, so I think that's that's that qualifies it as barely quick, uh, but still news. So let's move on to some more news. Uh, <laughs> what came out of NAB 2019? First, for what for, is it? Yeah, what is uh, you're NAB? Gonna ask. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't know. No, uh, <laughs> I actually went two years ago uh, when I was I was doing a semester in LA, so I rented a car and drove to Vegas, uh, which is where it happens. Uh, and NAB, for one, stands for National Association of Broadcasters. So basically anything that has to do with broadcasting and kind of really the the boundaries of that has expanded into like ridiculous stuff. You get things all the way, you know, Adobe's there, 
uh, presenting their stuff. You get people doing storage solutions, you know, like hard drives. You get people doing like broadcast solutions. Uh, there's car companies even there, like GM will be there. Like it, it gets very broad, but the stuff we're going to focus on mainly is the stuff for video uh, videographers and photographers and, you know, the creative types. Absolutely. Yeah. So basically every year this happens and like CES, there's a huge amount of products that are announced usually around it. The one notable standout this year actually uh, is DJI because they didn't have a booth at NAB for the first year ever. What? Gabe, what what could be happening? Yeah. What what were we expecting to see and what what didn't happen? I mean, I don't honestly with DJI, I don't really know what to expect anymore. But I think they're kind of getting to the point where they're like Apple and they don't need to be at these trade shows in a lot of ways because they create so much news and they really define an industry. So, yeah, we'll see. Supposedly there might be an announcement coming from them uh, the end of April. I haven't heard much news on it uh, since the beginning of April. There was one story. But they might be announcing some sort of like all-in-one gimbal solution uh, that uses some of their you know cameras that they use on the Inspire drone. So that'll be interesting to see. Absolutely. We'll have to keep our eyes out for that. And I think it's almost a good strategy once a brand gets big enough to pull this kind of thing off where their announcements won't be buried in the onslaught of announcements that comes out of these tech conferences and events. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because this onslaught is definitely the way to describe it. So what what are some of your products from NAB 2019, Gabe? What what had yeah, you excited? Sorting, sorting through that onslaught of products. Uh, the biggest thing, and you probably, this had you excited too, was the Rode Wireless Go. Yeah. Now, Rode is known for doing premium auto, audio uh, components for recording audio at really not, I wouldn't say like cheap prices, but definitely affordable. They're, they're very uh, reasonably priced. Yeah. From, and, and they're good, but you're also getting a good quality product, which on most of them have a 10-year warranty, which is like unheard of. Uh, so they released this product called the Rode Wireless Go, which is essentially, um, when you boil it down to it, is like a lav mic sort of thing. Uh, you, you know, it comes with two little packs that literally weigh less than $2.25 in quarters. That is such an interesting measurement. So light. I know, right? I, I figured it out myself. I'm so proud. <laughs> Um, but they're about like literally like slightly bigger than matchboxes. Really, they're like tiny, tiny. So, uh, so let me get this straight. If you get a yeah. matchbox and fill it with two dollars and twenty five cents in quarters, well, no, each one is it's it's actually they're to combined two dollars and twenty five cents in quarters. So, if you get a matchbox and fill it with a dollar of quarters, dollar twenty five, let's say, yeah, wow, then that's about what it weighs. That's uh, and really so cool. Two, two of those, and one of them is transmitter. One's a receiver. You take the transmitter, put it on your uh, your person that you're you know interviewing or yourself if you're talking to the camera. Uh, then you clip your other one on the hot shoe mount or the cold shoe on top of your camera. Plug it into your camera via the mic input. And even without a lav mic, because that transmitter has a mic built in, boom, you have audio that is really crystal clear, uh, wireless, no wires connected, and yeah, I'm- that's just. That's a very awesome. exciting product. We know yeah. how important we know how important audio is in video. And shout out to Rode, we're using their microphone right now. One of them. One of them. Yeah, mine's mine's just sitting all by itself. It's not being loved. Apartment. It's missing you, Gabe. Yeah. Will you be picking up these uh, Rode microphones? Well, it costs for one. It costs two hundred dollars only. Oh. Uh, oh my God. 
which is very good. I already have the Rode Link Filmmaker Kit, which is a lot bigger, a lot clunkier, you know, uses AA batteries. Uh, so I might get this. I'm not quite sure if I'll get it, uh, but it's definitely for anyone out there who doesn't already have some sort of wireless audio setup. This is almost a no-brainer. It's rechargeable, so yeah, you don't have to deal with those wire, uh, clunky batteries in and out and recharging them. You know, USB-C in, seven hours of battery. Yeah, you sound incredible. I know, you I don't think you don't have a wireless setup. I do don't you? have a wireless setup. I'm just imagining how awesome using these would be for unboxing videos, not yeah. having to like hide a microphone underneath a tripod, have it pointed even at my mouth. for even for when you do your like kind of talking head type things. Yeah, these could be really you could cool. Do, you could do a lav mic and your shotgun mic and have dual audio. See what see what's better, do a comparison. Yeah. Well, I think you can use both. There's some rule about how you have to position it how many feet away or something um, to deal with like, I'm not quite sure what it is, but there's some, yeah, you can look it up. I'll look it up. Uh, that This product actually has me very excited. I'm going to do more research, maybe look at the reviews and very possibly pick it up. Yeah. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a big pr- product. Uh, they're kind of, they were aiming it at vloggers. Do you see vloggers using this? I Okay, that's actually a really interesting idea. Do I see vloggers using this? Mm, probably not. But I could see how it could be beneficial where all of a sudden it doesn't matter how close you are to your camera to get good audio. You can be standing anywhere and really get, you know, this could enable flexibility for your shots where suddenly you could be farther away. You can get Yeah, it has, a, it has a range of 230 feet. So Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. I think the limiting factor, depending on how the recording can be set up, is if a vlogger is trying to get audio from someone else, which can often happen, like someone else jumps in the frame, you start having a conversation. That could That's what be, I was thinking yeah. too, yeah. You can't really, the key with vlogging is be able to quickly change your shot. Uh, so, But I think for people like kind of Casey Neistat-esque and more the filmmaking type vlogging, I think this will be really popular, especially because you don't actually need a lav mic with it. You know, you can take, you can hook up the receiver to your camera, then, you know, take that transmitter and set it on a table between you and someone else, uh, or, you know, clip it to someone else or, you know, yeah, start far away running and run up to the camera and still be getting good audio the whole time. Like it's a very compelling product, a very intriguing solution. It would have been interesting if they also released one that was an audio recorder too, right? So, so instead of just having the receiver that puts it into the camera, you could buy one that also has a recorder integrated into that receiver. That would be really cool. Even more flexibility. I think the biggest limiting factor I can see right now is battery life. Yeah. Yeah, but seven hours is pretty good, and you can connect it to an, any external battery. It's pretty good. Yeah, I guess. And the USB-C is really phenomenal yeah. as well. I'm Charges used up to, in two hours, it says, I think. I'm used to with my Shure VP83 shotgun microphone. That I think it's like days. Like I've forgotten yeah. to turn it off and it's still good. <laughs> like Yeah, true. So But this is a whole different thing. Yeah, it's this a whole is... different ball game, a different product. Yeah. I think it's very exciting. Uh, and that'll be on sale starting April eighteenth. So probably when this episode comes out, it'll be in a couple of days. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh what was your what was one of your things that you picked up? I think uh, so I've been using the Philips Hue lights in my videos. I use them for thumbnails and for creating color cast in my videos. One of the biggest pain points and for, for me, people who don't know about those, just quick, what they are. Okay, yeah. So Philips Hue, 
Uh, they are wireless lights. They connect to a wireless transmitter you plug into your uh, wireless router at your home. You can use the Philips Hue app to change their colors, the temperature. You can have them automate to turn on and turn off when you leave and come home, things like that. A lot of YouTubers are using these lights because they're RGB or you can choose to purchase an RGB version. And this allows for really cool setups and shots and really brings a splash of color into the scene. The biggest yeah. pain point though is that they flicker. Yeah. They, uh, well, I mean, not to the eye, but once you're recording at a certain frame rate, basically a lot of lights, uh, the way they function is they turn on and off really fast. And so if you ever notice, if you're filming at a high frame rate, uh, it might look like all of a sudden, you know, the lights are flickering in your shot. You know, like I notice this with Christmas lights a lot. Uh, you know, if there's like a strand of lights, you're filming at a high frame rate. All of a sudden, it's just like, what is going on over there? Right. And you have to like, you look up and you're like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're working. I'm like, what is? Yeah. So I get that. Um, uh, but these supposedly the new ones yeah, that so, you're talking about. So the new ones, uh, that's a pain point for me. Aperture just came out with their new RC LED light. So it's a, imagine a Philips Hue light. It's an it's actual light bulb, plugs into a normal light socket. It, they eliminated the flickering issue. It's completely RGB. You can change the color. There's an absurd number of colors to choose from. It's a 5-watt bulb. And the way this network, the way this bulb works wirelessly is each one is a Bluetooth relay point, and they create a mesh network together. This means if your power goes out or your wireless network goes down, you can still control your lights with your phone. Well, because they also have a built-in battery backup that charges yeah, up. Yeah, a built-in battery backup. Well, hypothetically, because I don't think they've actually been released yet. They are yeah. not released. They're still working on development. Um, and I'm seeing it will run for 20 hours on minimum intensity and 100 minutes set at 100% brightness. The charge time is 75 minutes when they are plugged in. Um, and yeah, these these look like a really cool product. And again, they charge just by screwing into a normal light socket. So basically, they're always charged all the time. If you need to take them to another location, you should be all set and ready to go. Yeah, they. this is, you You uh, showed this to me, you sent me this article on these. Uh, it was, it's pretty surprising because Aperture, if people don't know, is a company that is really dedicated to, um, you know, like cinema lighting you know, for affordable prices. You know, you're not gonna, they're not the prices of like an RE lighting or uh, sky panels. These are much more affordable. They're not cheap, you know, like you can find on Amazon, but they're good, like the road products, they're good quality lights um, at prices that, you know, indie filmmakers can afford. I think, the, yeah, they're going for around $60 per light bulb. And again, you're not going to need a wireless hub for these, which is really good because I think for Philips Hue, it's $50 per light and you will need that wireless hub. The thing is, does one does one light then connect to your... Wi-Fi router, and then all the others then connect through mesh to that one, or how? I think I think they create their own network, and your phone will have to connect to that network. So it doesn't actually connect to a Wi-Fi router. That's see. that's my current understanding. Like you have to be in range of a light bulb to actually control it. So then it seems it's more aimed at filmmakers then, and people who are absolutely like, yeah okay. So so what and I would like do, an everyday use bulb yeah. What I would do is swap out the Philips Hue lights in the studio for yeah. these Aperture RC LED lights, and that will reduce the flicker and create that colorful experience. 
And I think Philips Hue, their strong suit is actually their focus on consumers where you can use it with your smart home devices and you can have powerful integrations, things like that. So yeah. I'm personally excited for this product and maybe picking it up when it comes out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this, I mean, we talked about AirPod, AirPower not coming out. Like hopefully this eventually makes it to shelves and into consumers' hands. That is, yeah, definitely a challenge with some of these conventions where unreleased products are being showcased and um, like they're still working on the manufacturing process. So could could yeah. be subject to change. Yep. Uh, the next thing I had on my list, which actually I was probably more excited about than the Rode Wireless Go, is the Moza Slypod. What Gabe, What is the now, Moza ever, I'm assume, I'm assuming slide everyone pod. just knows what I mean when I said that, right? You've heard of a slide pod a before. A slide pod? So, okay. A slide pod. We've yeah, got it's a cross tripods. between. Yeah. We've got tripods. We've got like gimbals. We've got, we've got sliders. We've got sliders. We've got cranes. we got, yeah, this is, if you don't know about the company Goodson Moza, I think that's pronounced right. They're a Chinese company and they make a lot of gimbals. Uh, they're, they make the Moza Aircross, the Aircross 2, the Moza Air. Yeah, they've kind of really been a key player in bringing uh, single-handed gimbals to popularity. And if you don't know what gimbals are, just leave now. Uh, no, gimbals <laughs> are things basically to stabilize your camera. They use brushless motors, keep it level, make your footage look all buttery smooth. Now, if you don't know what footage is, no, okay. Uh, we're getting out of control there with definitions. But yeah, this new product... Uh, is really, I think it could be industry changing uh, and really create a new form of um, gear that kind of combines, tries to combine products. Because basically the ideal thing is if you could have one product that you hook up to your camera that could do every shot that you wanted, that would be incredible. Yes, 100%. Right? Yeah. That, I, mean, I think that's that's every filmmaker's dream. Uh, you would never take your off. No, right? Exactly. Unfortunately, like gimbals are awesome, but... If you need something steady, you, you can't just hold a gimbal for five hours. You need a tripod, you know. That's and true. then also, if you need like a slider shot, gimbals can kind of do it. But if you really are doing something close to any product or subject, you know, and want a repeated motion over and over, a slider is the way to go. So, yeah, the key is trying to get the like the dream is the one product that could somehow do everything that you need with your camera. So this, I think, comes somewhat close to it. Basically, what it looks like is just the traditional monopod, which, if you don't know, it's it's like one leg of a tripod. Uh, it's usually used by photographers because you can, you know, plop that end, one end of the, like, the stabilizing end down to the ground and take photos with it easily that way. Uh, but it's not as cumbersome as a tripod. However, and this is the catch. You ready, Setson? I don't know if I'm ready for this. I mean, this. you already know about it, so but you're just like a little acting. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, oh I'm ready. What, oh like, what could this coming? possibly do? Blow my mind. What it does it, is it has motors inside of it, which allow it to extend and contract. Uh, and essentially what you can do is there's a mount in the middle of it. You screw it horizontally and you can use it like a slider. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know that was, that was a bit underwhelming. I built it up a little too much. I'm sorry. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain. I, I don't think I really did it justice. Look it up online. It's spelled S-L-Y-P-O-D. And it is, I think, really cool. Uh, we don't know when it's going to be out, but it will probably be around five to $800, they say. And yeah, I think as someone who does a lot of filmmaking on the go, I constantly have to decide, all right, do I want to bring this, you know, do I want to bring my gimbal or my slider? Do I want to bring a tripod as well? Like, 
you only have a limited number of uh, amount of space and a limited number of arms to carry products. So being able to have something that's this small, I think it, I mean, it's a, it's a monopod that only weighs 2.2 pounds, yet it can lift uh, 39.7 pounds vertically and 26.5 pounds horizontally. So this, this yeah. is actually seeming like a really intriguing product. It looks like you may even be able to get smooth up and down shots. Yeah, yeah, up, yeah, vertical and also horizontal. Uh, the thing I think that's going to be the big determining factor is if you can somehow, it would be really cool, and I think it does work with it, I think they say, is you can put a gimbal then on the end of it. So you could also, while it's sliding, you could also be performing some rotating on the axis type moves with it. That's key. That's that's really why people get sliders, I think, because you can slide and rotate at the same time. I yeah. think this will need to be able to offer some sort of rotation to really compete well in that space. Yeah. The only thing that's a bit of a letdown is it only has a two-hour battery, which, yeah, that's a little bit little bit low. Most sliders are like five or six. But considering that it only weighs two pounds and... Like, you can easily put it in a backpack. Yeah, I think this is a game changer. That'll be exciting when it hits the market. Uh, do we have a release date on that? It's still... I am I mean, I'm guessing, uh, like, so, probably early summer 2019 or maybe... Yeah, sometime summer 2019, I'm hoping. Sooner than better would be great. But uh, with something like this, you know, they want to really get it right. I mean, it supposedly uses motors that they used in the Mars rover. Like, that's the similar design um, for how it extends uh, and and pulls back. Like, yeah. Definitely keep my eyes out for that Very one. Very cool product. I would uh, put another Moza product on my list. Okay. And this one is going to be the Aircross 2. Yeah, so I'm, I kind of mentioned that. This this is their three-axis motorized gimbal um, weighing 950 grams with the battery. Wow. Hopefully a 12-hour battery life. That's what they're advertising right now. And I'm just excited to see another gimbal in the space something to compete with dji um and there are a few other ones out there but another option to see i'm really excited about yeah i mean i personally own yeah the dji ronin s but i'll admit it's not perfect i mean there's definitely some features i wish it had uh that it doesn't uh i know one thing is that this has a does it have a the aircross 2 does it have a follow focus motor built in or something like that can't quite it might remember, be but an attachment. I'm seeing in some images right now, it looks like there is an available attachment where you can strap like a grip system around the lens and then it'll use a motor to adjust focus. Yeah. Either way, they uh, both uh, Moza with this product and Zayun with their uh, lab uh, Crane 3, They these are companies that aren't as well known as DJI, don't have that brand name. So they tend to pack a lot more features into the product. Actually, one thing I just did remember with this one I thought was pretty cool is it has the ability to lock all the accesses of the gimbal, um, like manually lock them, which is is not a huge feature, but it's very beneficial uh, if you like need to walk with it and transport it quickly, you know, so you don't have this gimbal swinging around with a, you know, two, three thousand dollar camera on it. You can easily lock it in place. So you don't have to worry about it, you know, going everywhere. Uh, and this one actually also can turn sideways on the top axis so that you can film vertically which is very important nowadays yeah i think we're uh, seeing more and more vertical world. video with igtv and now youtube's offering stories on their platform i think oh, you yeah. know vertical video may actually start to make 
uh, more of a presence, like people may be shooting in that orientation more. And being yeah. able to do that on a gimbal, especially when it seems like you can't really do that on the other gimbals, is kind of a compelling feature. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I forget when this is going on sale. It might be out now, actually. But either way, this will definitely, we'll see some comparison videos, not from me, because uh, I don't have the money to buy a bunch of these gimbals. They're, They're pretty expensive. Pricey. You gotta, yeah, you got to be able to like resell them. I'm seeing yeah. from newshooter.com, there's no information on pricing or availability, but Moza has indicated, or excuse me, the company, I don't know, I think Moza's the brand. I think it's I think it's Moza or Goodson Moza. They are saying that it will be cheaper than the Moza Air 2 that is currently retailing for 600 So we should be seeing under $600 for this gimbal. And again, like Gabe was saying, these lesser known manufacturers are really trying to pack a lot of features and performance into their products at a lower price point to try and gain market share. And this could be a really compelling product for people like me who do not yet have a gimbal. Yes, indeed. Maybe this will be the one you go for. Though personally, I would like to, I would I would put in a, a you know, call for, no, I don't know, word for the Zayun uh, Lab Crane 3. That, that, looks, that one looks very innovative, the design um, how the handle can swing around. I'm not even going to try to describe it on the air or on the podcast. Just look it up. Just look it up. Just look it up. Look up uh, gimbals for DSLRs and mirrorless cameras, and you'll you'll get into a whole new world of stuff in filmmaking. Uh, speaking of filmmaking, the next product I have on my list is very a very niche product. Uh, but we talked about wireless audio. Uh, this product offers wireless video transmission. Whoa. Which is something that I don't use a monitor on my camera. I just go right from the screen because I like to have something very compact and I don't like dealing with the wires. But this thing makes it very a lot more enticing for me to possibly get a monitor if I can have a monitor that isn't tethered to my camera. Uh, this is by a company called Axoon. Very interesting name. You heard of them. You've heard of them, I'm sure. Uh, you know, yeah. Gabe, I'm going to be honest. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You have not heard I'm of not them. Heard I had no company. idea who they are. They have one gimbal out that actually is a pretty cool gimbal uh, for DSLRs and mirrorless cameras. But otherwise, there's some new Chinese brand, uh, A-C-C-S-O-O-N. Uh, but this product is called the Sinai, and it is Wi-Fi that sends full HD uh, transmission to your smart device. What what can it plug into? Like, will it work with a TV or something? Or like, what what's the ideal use case behind this? Uh, it it uh, connects to iOS or an Android device. I don't know if they have an Android app out now, but it basically you hook up the transmitter to your uh, camera, and then over Wi-Fi using very fast 5G Wi-Fi, or I guess it's five. I don't know exactly what, uh, but it, it does with a six uh, 60 millisecond. Uh, latency it can transfer to f- up to four devices at the same time yeah I'm so seeing- you know you have you you have your iphone you have your ipad or whatever and you can use that to monitor uh your camera wow that's that's really cool i'm seeing the device itself looks like it is basically you're plugging an hdmi or some kind of input into the transmitter from the camera and then the, tr- the transmitter kind of looks like one of the controllers from like a mavic 2 pro or a Mavic, uh, just without any of the controls. Yeah. Has two antennas on top. Um, and yeah, it's only going to be going for, I think, $300. I'm, I'm seeing or 200, 219 Yeah, 219 Yeah. Yeah, so that is really low. 
I know another product released at this um, at NAB was some low cost uh, wireless video transmitter that was five hundred dollars, and that was considered low cost. So for two hundred nineteen dollars, they basically made it cheaper because they're only sending you the transmitter, and then you use your smart device as the receiver. This is a really cool product, and I think a lot of people, like you just said, you just got the new iPad Mini. I, you know, I have an iPhone and that using that is even bigger and better than using what's built into your camera. And for something that's only $220, like this, this could easily uh, be a great alternative to something like the small HD, which I think I got for like five or $600 and all the Yeah, And I think, I think those still have their places. uh, And, you know, even getting a dedicated wireless transmitter, like the $500 one I mentioned earlier with a small HD, still viable option. But especially if you're shooting a lot of on-the-go stuff and, you know, you want to lighten your video load of, like, how much gear you have to pack, being able to just pack this light little transmitter uh, and then use your smart device, which you already have, is really huge. Absolutely. Do we know what the battery life on this is? I don't think... I don't think I read that yet, but either way, I think it's it could be two minutes and it would be still awesome. No. <laughs> That would be so bad. Just like plug it in and go, oh, wow, we are done. Uh, but it does have a range of up to uh, 328 feet. So that is very good. We'll have to see with anything that's Wi-Fi based. Uh, we'll have to, you know, real world use is big. You know, when you have other Wi-Fi signals, uh, cell phone signals, Bluetooth all bouncing around, definitely shortens it. But at least, you know, out of like as a advertising, that seems like a pretty decent range promise. Absolutely. And, you know, I think you're right. The more and more smart devices we have, the more crowded the Wi-Fi networks become. And we'll just have to wait and see how it performs. I think for people like you and me, I, we tend to be in our studios. And I think in that instance, like this is this is a really cool product to have. Do you see yourself picking one of these up or, or like waiting to see reviews on it? Or uh, I don't know. I think I very much I probably could, because the one thing I do like about this is that uh, if you're using a camera on a gimbal, you know, it's really nice, especially if you get uh, the optional like wireless follow focus to be able to, you know, have someone else doing that while you move the gimbal and they can be uh, looking at this. Or you can also just have this on your camera, right? Uh, And then mount your smartphone to your gimbal uh, so you can see it and not have to deal with and have it on a bigger screen and not have to deal with the wires going from your camera kind of wrapping around your gimbal and then getting down to the monitor. Oh, absolutely. And you know, something I was just thinking of in my studio, I have to leave my small HD mounted up on my camera using something like this would allow me to just, all right, let me check what the shot looks like directly from my iPad, like right in front of me. And yeah, yeah. Having that incredible. Yeah, that is really cool. That is really cool. And the latency looks like it's pretty good. Only 60 milliseconds. Is that right? Yeah. But I think, yeah, the battery life will be a big thing because you don't really want to have to constantly be charging this up. And you'd have to charge your phone up as well. So true, true. Kind of see how that works out. Though it, that is better than if you have a, you know, wireless monitor. Um, and then you also, or you have a monitor, a wireless transmitter, then you have to charge the transmitter receiver and the wireless monitor. This, you only have to tra- charge the transmitter and your phone or uh, iPad. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Very cool product. Uh, yeah. My, my, we'll see. my next one, Are we ready to move on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my next one, I was going to go with the small HD, the Cine 7 monitor, because I think small HD makes some really nice products. 
And, okay. um, yeah. you know, 1080p display, huge, huge brightness, 1,800 nits. Nits. Do you know what nits are? Yeah, so this is the brightness of one candle. I think we talked about yeah. this in a previous yeah. episode. So what you're going to want to do... At one foot, right? You're going to want to lock yourself in a closet. <laughs> get oh, no. 1,800 candles. First, call your, call your fire department first. Get a fire extinguisher on hand. And you know you yeah. just bought those match those match boxes, boxes with your quarters in it to figure out how big the road no. mics are? Now take those match boxes. You're going to no, take matches. the matches out. Use yeah. those to light all 1,000 candles. 1, I think you probably want something other than matches for this, I'm going to say. <laughs> get Maybe a, a flamethrower. Yeah, get the boring company, not a flamethrower, yeah. flamethrower to uh, light these up. Anyway, this product covers 100% of the DCI P3 color gamut. Um, it's got a really great display. And, you know, I think with the built-in camera control, this is a really powerful tool for camera makers, filmmakers, and... You know, I think Small HD's made some really incredible products. What makes them so great is the software side of their package. And again, I think uh, this is a really great product, great interface, and is something. What's what's so unique about their software? I think just the it's like the Apple of monitors, where you have a touchscreen interface, everything is kind of clear and intuitive, and it just makes it easy to grab the product and go, where you don't have to spend time fiddling with buttons and you know, really just creates that seamless experience. Yeah, the touch face interface, um, the touch screen interface, sorry, is key. I've, I've used them a couple times. I d- you own one um, and you use it a lot more. I've used them a couple times. And yeah, that is the one thing I've noticed is that the ability to put your finger on the screen and, and use it that way in a way we're so familiar with. Yeah, that makes it a lot easier. It, it's huge. It is expensive, though, starting at $1,800. Yeah, so not the cheapest. But on the other end, I'll just add, they did also announce some new focus camera monitors, uh, five-inch ones. Uh, they have one now that's an L- OLED screen. The 5.5-inch focus OLED HDMI one uh, is going to only go for, I think it's 499 or is it 599 Let me see. It's definitely one of the twos. I'm a little bit bummed because I feel like I recently yeah, got five, mine. 599 is going to go for. I recently got and that, mine. And that yeah. one has... Um, a lot of the same things as the uh, the one that you're talking about, the seven inch one, uh, nine twenty by ten eighty, um, very very nice contrast radi- ratios and wide viewing angles. Uh, yeah, and also that awesome touchscreen interface. Great products, and um, I think they they use a really universal battery most of the time for their products. Yeah, they use the uh, L L mount uh, battery. Yeah, very popular, so, very common. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What? What Did is? You have anything? What is? I don't know if I had anything else. Yeah. Those were kind of the there highlights. Was, there was a lot of other stuff. One thing we should mention is Canon, kind of at NAB, not really at NAB, did announce their new uh, Canon Rebel SL3 camera, which is a DSLR camera. Uh, and the big news here, there wasn't much of an upgrade, but the big news is that this camera does have 4K. What? Wait, whoa. Which is huge. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you just say Rewind Canon there. and 4K in the same sentence? I don't think it was actually in the same sentence because I think I kind of, I'm not sure. But yeah, they were pretty close. We'll call it the same sentence. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. It is really amazing uh, that they actually did this. This camera starts at $600 for just the body, goes for $750 with the lens, and it has 4K in it and weighs just slightly more than the a6400 
from Sony, that mirrorless camera. Granted, it's not even close to the mirror uh, to the A6400 in quality, uh, but still, yeah. I'm happy to see Canon finally starting to move into the 4K realm. But of course, with Canon's 4K, Gabe, what what are we sacrificing here? What's the what's the ca- uh, what's the we're catch? We're sacrificing a huge crop in. We're talking 1.6 crop in, which makes this a very it's it's already a APS-C. Uh, crop sensor. Oh my god. Um, so you're going smaller than micro four-thirds sensor by the time you get into what you're actually using. Uh, also, you don't get dual pixel AF, which is you want that. That's their dual pixel autofocus, which is really accurate that they have in the 5D Mark IV and 1DX Mark II. And also, the big thing that Canon, come on, is that there's no in-body stabilization. So what you're telling me is this is the dream camera for vloggers, punches in 4K shot of like your nose, unstabilized, constantly yep. hunting for focus without that dual pixel AF. Well, that's, I mean, isn't that what you, that's what I watch on YouTube. That's <laughs> what I'm looking for. That's that, that's that artsy stuff. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's great. Canon is taking these baby steps to 4K, but they're just, I don't think they can compete yet with some of the other offerings. What what like if a person wants a Canon 4K camera, what are the other options right now? I mean, I'd say the 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 next level up as far as price is the EOS M, which is their really entry level budget mirrorless camera. Next one up from that EOS RP we've talked about before. That's their actually four full frame mirrorless camera, but unfortunately because it crops in with 4K doesn't actually film video at 4K, so a little bit more attended for photographers. Then you have the really popular EOS R. Still are some slight drawbacks there, but that's a really popular full-frame mirrorless camera. Then from there, you get up to the 5D Mark IV and 1DX Mark III, but, um, or 1DX Mark II, sorry, but you're talking upwards of $3,000 at that point. Those are expensive. So yeah, they don't really have the most amount of uh, what 4K options when it comes to DSLRs and... Um, uh, mirrorless cameras, but they do have a lot of camcorders. So if you're just looking for video, camcorders are still a viable option. Uh, unfortunately, the thing you really don't get there as much is the nice lenses uh, with like a DSLR mirrorless camera that give you a shallow depth of field. And you also don't really get a ability to take photos as well. So no re- real versatility. It's, you know, it's nice to see. It's a nice thought from Canon. We'll, you yeah. know, we'll see how people like it. They hadn't updated any DSLRs or announced any DSLRs since last year, April, or I think February, actually. So, yeah, it had been a long dry spell for them. Well, that's those are basically all the products I have. Yeah, that's really, yeah, that's really, really it for me. I mean, it was a, there's definitely tons more stuff. Uh, this is a, I will plug this site called News Shooter, uh, which is very does very good coverage and you know pretty much is uh consistent in covering almost everything that is released as far as if you're interested in video gear or camera gear uh also bnh has this version or like place on their site called explora which is kind of like a blog where they put a lot of tips for photographers videographers but also they have a new section uh and so they you know put out new products that are released and yeah that's that's kind of if you want some more check out there uh yeah what were you? Th- I mean, NAB was it? Was it worthwhile paying attention to for you? Or I think, without the actual releases of the products, just the announcements, I think there's still a lot to be desired from NAB. I think there were a lot of really cool um, products that were announced, but really, I think until until I see reviews, they're just some things to get excited about. Um, but 
not to hold your hopes up too high just yet. Yeah, I was a little disappointed that there wasn't any like 360 camera news really coming out uh, or any real drone news either. So would have liked to see some stuff in those categories, but I guess we'll have to wait on that. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for what we have. I have to go back to healing up and recovering. And I have to go back to completing my multiple group projects and homework assignments and getting ready for finals week. Yeah, I don't know if I'd swap with you if I had the (laughs) choice. And I don't know if you'd swap with me either. Yeah, you know, to each their own. We'll see. So both are, both are, uh, we're both going through times that are, you know, at the moment, you know, you have these times in your life where it's tough to get through, but looking back, you're like, oh, well, there's, you know, there's some enjoyment that comes out of it, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's fun. You get some time to reflect, get some time to, you found a new photo from Iceland that I saw posted on Instagram. That was really cool to see. I didn't really, okay, don't, don't, I didn't find it. I I went on, I plugged in my hard drive to my computer and I um, looked through all the footage and I realized, oh, here's a photo I took. Maybe I can edit that and make it look good Uh, and did that. Yeah. Check out on Instagram, digital tech reviews and tips. I post maybe once a week there. So don't worry about getting spammed. And you can also follow this podcast at Pinch to Zoom Pod on Instagram. We post even less there, so don't worry about getting spammed there either. Yeah, follow us, Pinch to Zoom Pod, on Instagram or Twitter. Actually, I think it's podcast on Instagram, podcast. pod on Twitter. And email in your questions. We got some questions from a couple users uh, that will, once we get back to recording this podcast, you know, on a regular schedule, hopefully we'll get to another, uh, what is it, why, why talk or... What's the abbreviation? We answer your question, your tech questions. Waytech. Waytech. Yeah, Waytook or something. We'll yeah, get we'll, back we'll, into we'll, it. Anyways, yes. we'll, we'll do another episode where we answer a bunch of questions. So uh, send those in on Twitter, Instagram, or via Gmail at pinchzoompodcast at gmail.com. Share, and as always, share this episode with someone who's interested in cameras, photography, and tech. Yeah, if you, if you like it. Uh, if not, Share it with someone who doesn't know anything about it and tell them that this uh, is actually a fairy tale podcast where we talk about you know, fairy tales or maybe a conspiracy podcast. That would be and cool. boy, are they going to be surprised. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Stetson. I'm still Gabe. Uh, down one leg, but still Gabe. Still Gabe. It's been, he's been tested. Um, and, and this has been episode seven, I think. Six. I have six. Six. I, I had seven. Oh. I recorded a sneaky podcast on my own, so... Oh, my God. Gotcha. This has been... Gotcha. Gotcha journalism there. (laughs) ...of Pinch to Zoom. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. What if I was like, oh, my God, Stetson, I haven't been recording this whole time? That would not be good, because we just had a pretty good episode. Yeah. Um, Yeah, how's your task cam holding up? It wants to kill me. Oh, well... Also, here's some plosives. Oh, beatboxing.